Week 10, week 10, week 10, week 10, week 10, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 YouTube, podcast, how y'all doing today? Coming with you with some big energy as we start off on Wednesday right now because week 10 is here. We got to crack back into what looks like a very good week as I do the initial projections, rankings, all that stuff is now up on Patreon. I'm very excited about it because I see some spots where I think we're going to have lower ownership just based on some of the names that are popping up and potentially in some game stacks, which makes it even better trying to collect all the Dalruskis that we can. Welcome if you're brand new here. My name's Sal Vetri. What I like to do is smack everybody that's watching this with information. Not anything physical, right? We're not actually smacking you because I appreciate all you ladies and gentlemen and all the fellas, of course, but smack you with the information so you're prepared. I know a lot of people out there, you're working jobs. You might be listening at work, might be listening on a commute, you're working out, whatever it is. You have a busy life, so my goal is to try and compress this as much as possible. If you want to slow it down, you can in the bottom right-hand corner. Now, before we get into this bad boy, appreciate it if you could. Like the video, hit the big old subscribe button that pops up on YouTube. Really do appreciate that. And on the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can go over there, leaving a five-star rating and review on the Apple Store or Stitcher, the Sal Vetri Show, it's the audio version, gets you into a raffle weekly to win $50 ruskies, just leave a way for me to contact you, Twitter, email, whatever it might be in your review. Takes about 30 seconds and bam, you might have a chance of $50 ruskies. Sometimes it's like two people do it. Sometimes it's like 10. So decent odds either way. Now, what we do here is we go position by position. I have my rankings and projections up. I try and go after this from somebody who's maybe playing one to three lineups all the way up to if you're playing 150. So talk about basically the game theory strategy. We'll talk about some guys that obviously look like good cash plays. There's going to be some obvious ones on this slate where there's not normally guys in my rankings that are A's, right? They're that good in the letter range. Rankings. Normally, there's a lot of B's, B pluses. There's going to be multiple A's this week. That's how many guys look that good. Now, they might pick up ownership, but that's fine to me, especially if it's a cash game based on the fact that I have them ranked as an A right now as of Wednesday. If you want to get access to all those rankings, projections, ownership, game-by-game notes, a closing thoughts podcast Sunday morning going through the exact GPP strategy that is going to be optimal for you to collect the dollar ruskies, be more informed, and have a chance to win, all that stuff, and even more showdown information, stuff like that, linked down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore the video. Before we get into it, sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Stop what you're doing if you have not yet already signed up over on Monkey Knife Fight. It is a player prop site that has the more or less the over-unders on receiving yards, things like that, but even more. I mean, it has endless amounts of games at this point that you can combine players from the same game, combine their opportunity to go over 100 yards and a touchdown, lots of different games, anytime touchdown scores, things like that. So check it out, Monkey Knife Fight. It is the fastest growing DFS platform and fantasy sports platform right now. They absolutely crush it with the branding and marketing. I got my Monkey Knife Fight bobblehead behind me and the t-shirt and the hat and all that type of stuff. I love it a ton. I might have to reach out for some more t-shirts because those things are damn soft and damn fine. But anyways, promo code Vetri, my last name, V-E-T-R-I, will get you access to free money up to $50. You put 10 bucks in, they match you. Put 25 in, they match you. And if you think that you're a heavy hitter, a kingpin, a head honcho, and you put 50 in and they say, oh, Sal sent you, bam, he's a $50 ruski. You got 100 in your account. Check that out down below. Again, promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, lets them know you come for me. Let's start this bad boy off right now with Kyler Murray, who's the only quarterback this week, priced at $8,000. Coming into this one with a 29.25 team implied total, the third highest on the slate, game total of 56.5 as they come two-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. What is Kyler Murray doing this season? Well, he's just balling out. He's currently number one on this slate and in the NFL with .862 fantasy points per dropback. And his worst finish on the season is quarterback nine. And in fantasy points and DraftKings points, he has not scored less than 24 on the season. These have been his last couple of weeks. 38, the quarterback one. 38, the quarterback two. 29, which is a bad week for Kyler Murray these days, quarterback three, 27, quarterback five, right? So these are the performances you're getting. You're basically locking in because of the rushing upside. Last week, having over 100 rushing yards for the first time this year. He's now gone over 65 rushing yards in three straight games in four out of his last five. He's just an absolute monster on the ground, doing similar to what you had at Lamar Jackson last year, except also throwing decent in the air, hitting that 300-yard bonus two times this year, going over 250 yards, basically half the games, a little bit more than that this year. So Murray's in play. 
your obvious stacks, Hopkins, who people will look at the box scores, only three targets for Hopkins last week. He actually had four balls thrown his way that he was interfered with, pass interference penalties. Those don't count as targets, but he basically had seven targets. And if he wasn't interfered with, he might've even had a touchdown in that game, a deep one. So I'm not worried about Hopkins. Christian Kirk is now coming on. Those are your two major stack pieces. The run back options on Buffalo seem pretty obvious from the passing game. So Kyler Murray definitely in play. And on the opposite side of that one, Josh Allen is a slight underdog. We love to target quarterbacks who are underdogs with good team totals. And we have a bunch of them on this slate. Josh Allen being one of them as a two-point underdog on the opposite side of this Arizona game. Now, Josh Allen was struggling, and then he got the ultimate get-right spot against the Seattle Seahawks last week, and he absolutely goes out there and dominates it. He puts up 36 fantasy points only behind Kyler Murray last week, 415 yards passing. And this might be inflated because the weeks before that, he was struggling to even get over 16 fantasy points. He was finishing outside the quarterback 18 every single week, basically, but his best finish in the previous month being 18 fantasy points. That's not going to get it done for you at 7,500. So there are some concerns with the recency bias because of the fact that he faced the worst passing defense in history on pace to give up over a thousand yards passing more than any other defense in NFL history. So Josh Allen's going to be in play for me. The team total is nice. He's averaging seven rush attempts per game as well, which is good to see red zone rushing as well. $7,500. I prefer Kyler Murray, but Allen's in play. And then Deshaun Watson will be my final yes, but we'll talk about two guys who are borderline yeses for me as well, depending on what you can get with your stacks. Deshaun Watson always seems to grade out as a good value for me. And this is the spot that you wanted him in. Last week, he was playing basically from ahead almost the entire game. Deshaun Watson comes into this one as a slight underdog. He's one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, if not the best, playing from behind in games, especially from a fantasy point perspective. This is what he's done the last couple of weeks. He's just been dynamite. He's been very similar. He's like Kyler Murray light in terms of he's probably not going to get you below 24 fantasy points. And then he has the ceiling to get you 30 plus. Last four weeks dating back to week five, 27 fantasy points against the Jaguars. Then he goes out with 32. He's the quarterback one, 24 and 24. He's been a top 10 quarterback in four straight weeks so far. And a peek behind the curtain on Patreon at my projections out of all the quarterbacks he grades out as the best point per dollar quarterback by a decent margin right now. I have him for 24.5 fantasy points at this point. You know the clear and obvious stacking options. It's going to be Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and then Randall Cobb is a third option. That's basically all I stack him with. Runback options on Cleveland. Jarvis Landry looks very appealing. Depending on what happens with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt could look very appealing and the obvious choice as well. But Landry, Rashad Higgins to a lesser extent. And then if both running backs are healthy for Cleveland, I probably focus more so on the wide receiver. So Deshaun Watson is a slight underdog. Seems very good, averaging 297 yards per game. And right now, 8.8 yards per attempt is second in the NFL behind only Kirk Cousins. So now we get to some guys that I have as maybes, but I also still do like, and we'll touch on a couple of them and then just go over to the running back position. But Aaron Rodgers, look, he's a 33 implied team total, by far the highest in the slate by about four more points than anybody else. He's a 14 point favorite. So you might be screaming out, Sal, I don't want to play this guy. Well, Patrick Mahomes, totally different offense, was a 20 plus point favorite against the Jets and he throws for five touchdowns. Just because you're a huge favorite, yes, more times than not, that might lead to more running. But in today's NFL, teams just don't run the ball as much. So Aaron Jones having 15 carries in this game and Rodgers still throwing 35 times can lead to Rodgers paying off a $7,900 price tag pretty easily with this team total. And Rodgers has been murking it left and right. They closed in some spots as eight or nine point favorites, decent sized favorites against the 49ers. He goes out there and has 29 fantasy points, finishes as the quarterback five last week, over 300 yards and four passing touchdowns. Now we might get back Alan Lazard this week and Alan Lazard is only $4,000. That would be the key to unlocking Packers stacks because how expensive $9,000 Devontae Adams is, how expensive $7,900 Aaron Rodgers is. If you can unlock that stack with a $4,000 wide receiver and Alan Lazard, it makes it a lot easier to get to. So with the highest team total on the slate and also being the biggest favorites, some people are probably going to run away from this. You have no interception risk here, two interceptions on this year, the 24 touchdowns, and all the touchdown potential in the world as an 8.8 touchdown percentage is second only to Russell Wilson on this slate. $7,900 Aaron Rodgers is definitely in play. He's very close to a yes for me. He probably becomes a 
yes, if indeed Alan Lazard, we get more confidence in him practicing this week once the reports start to trickle out. And then a fifth quarterback that I like is going to be Russell Wilson. He leads the slate in touchdown percentage at 9.4%. He has a very expensive DK Metcalf, and then he also has himself a Tyler Lockett. So this is going to be a situation where you trust Metcalf again. He's the clear alpha on this team. Lockett has two big games, and then he really doesn't get there all that much based on the volume that he's getting compared to Metcalf. But this matchup against the Rams, they're very bad in the slot, which is where Lockett will operate. At $7,700, he only comes up $100 since last week. And again, he's one of these very stable quarterbacks. Last four weeks, 24 points, 29 points, 33, and 25 and a half. He's finished as a top 10 quarterback in each of those weeks so far. At $7,600, he's also coming in as a slight underdog. So all the quarterbacks you're getting is underdogs this week. Wilson, Watson, Allen up top. All that tells you is that they're probably going to play more times than not based on Vegas from behind and throw at least around 40 times in these games. Russ, the last three games because of how bad his defense is. 41 attempts, 37 attempts, and 50 attempts. If we get a game from Russ where he throws 40 times in this one, you'd be damn sure that he's probably finishing as a borderline top five quarterback. I like Russ as well. The clear stacks, Metcalf and Lockett, but there's also punt options. You saw David Moore get there last week with the touchdown at like $3,100. You have a bunch of tight ends that you can punt with on this team in your stacks. So there's options that you can get to to get a little bit different. And now there's other quarterbacks that we can talk more in depth on the Friday show where we go over matchups. Again, hit the like and subscribe so you can be sure of when we do that. You have Justin Herbert on here at 6,600. I probably just get to Watson more times than not, especially if you're only playing a couple lineups. Jared Goff at 6,500. He's not a yes for me yet. Almost a 29 implied total would be right next to being the third highest in the slate on the opposite side against the Seattle team. Now it's very similar Jared Goff for a man in Josh Allen last week who had been struggling or so for about a month. Then he came in and he got the get right spot against Seattle. And there's nothing telling me that a week later that the Seattle defense is going to change. Now Josh Allen has the mobile upside. He has that ceiling that we've already seen this year when we really haven't seen any type of a ceiling out of Jared Goff. We've seen a 26 point performance against Buffalo's defense. That was the quarterback five. Outside of that, he's had a middling top 10 performances in the last couple of weeks. He's been absolutely brutal, finishing as the quarterback 22, 17, and 18 these last three weeks. But he has faced some good defenses. San Fran before they had a bunch of trades and injuries, Chicago, and then Miami before their bye, which was last week, Miami in week eight, the bye in week nine. Miami, which has not been a terrible secondary overall with Xavier Howard and also Byron Jones out there. So some pretty solid defenses have kind of pushed down his overall points per game. Maybe some people don't get to him as much. His wide receivers are priced up, but none of them are in the 7K range right now. So Jared Goff in the $6,500 range, probably the guy I get to the most below that price tag of Deshaun Watson. And then to just name some cheapies, Joe Burrow, tough matchup, of course, but he already throws 40 plus times per game. So if you're going to get him to throw 50 times per game, if he's actually going to trail by a touchdown or so in this one, like Vegas projects, there'll be some opportunity just based on volume to get there. And Tua in his second start looked very good over 20 fantasy points through for 8.9 yards per attempt. That's very elite status, 71% completion percentage. He was looking good out there. Keep an eye on Preston Williams, who he looked to target a lot. Touchdown. He's day-to-day Preston Williams with, I believe, a foot injury. So you have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gusecki as your stacking options there. Maybe even minimum price, Jakeem Grant, who I believe had about seven or eight fantasy points last week. Let's get now into the running back position. So running back this week might end up just being very obvious depending on what happens with the injuries. And you might not have to overthink it by any means. So Christian McCaffrey went from being doubtful to this week to now he's day-to-day. We're still waiting on this MRI results. If it's just a sprain, he can maybe play through it. They might just keep him out a week. But either way, we have a minimum price, Mike Davis at $4,000. And I sent out a tweet earlier this week that basically just said once they had the news that he's going to be doubtful, Christian McCaffrey, the initial reports that said Mike Davis is somehow only right now $4,000. And a bunch of people commented on it. He's going to be 99% owned, all this stuff. He'll never get that highly owned, although he probably should be. And in cash games, he should be a borderline lock. Look, he's a $4,000 running back that you can say what you want about him. There's no reason to be fading this guy one in cash and probably in GPPs. If I ran my projections right now, I'd probably be getting in my lineups 100% or close to it of Mike Davis. Now, if David Johnson also misses with a concussion, you have Duke Johnson at 5K, who also looks good. So maybe that pulls through it from a little bit, but I might just get a ton of both of those guys. Mike Davis had 15 and a half fantasy points week one against this very good Tampa Bay team. And that was him basically being the starter for just one quarter. He had 
had eight receptions on eight targets. Mike Davis, yes, he has not been good over the last couple of weeks when McCaffrey was out, right? Week six, seven, and eight, he had 11 and a half fantasy points, 8.6 and 8.7. But he's $4,000, which if he gets his floor games, which his floor games this year have literally been nine fantasy points, uh, you're not going to be dead in your lineups. You're not going to be dead in your cash game lineups. If he gets his median outcomes games, which are about 16 fantasy points, you're looking real good. And if he just gets his normal performances for basically a month of the season of 20 plus, you're looking obviously fantastic. Mike Davis at this point right now for me looks like a very strong option. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey being out has to be the option there. Mike Davis for me just looks like a no-brainer in cash. Looks like honestly a no-brainer in a lot of GPP lineups, especially higher stakes. He's averaging right now over 15 opportunities per game when McCaffrey is out. He's been running in games where they're trailing 30 plus routes. There's a lot of opportunity here for a guy who's seeing all the snaps as well when McCaffrey's out. 90%, 76, 98, 89. He's on the field a ton at $4,000. You just don't overthink this one. Another obvious cheap option is Duke Johnson if David Johnson misses here. I mean, you could just start your cash lineup with those two guys and pay up everywhere else. Get yourself Devontae Adams, get whatever quarterback you want. It's going to be really easy. When you have a $5,000 running back and a $4,000 running back projecting out for 16 plus fantasy points is what I have it at right now and pretty easily over that for some of them. Last week, you had Duke Johnson come out here against Jacksonville. See 83% of the snaps once David Johnson left in the first quarter. He had 16 carries with three overall red zone touches, ran 17 routes, had 73 total yards on 20 opportunities, brought in all four of his targets and finishes as a top 10 running back in his first week actually getting that type of workload. So I feel confident in him this week as well, getting a decent workload. Matchup against Cleveland isn't the greatest, but I think he'll be fine. It's also not terrible by any means. There are also underdogs in this one, open as two and a half. I got that line as well from the betting video that you can watch. Now it's the three and a half. And if they're going to be underdogs, you're going to see a lot more than 17 routes run, maybe 30 routes run this week. And if that's the case, instead of four targets, you might start to see seven targets, six receptions, something like that. So if you're going to get six catches for 40 yards right away. He's already going to be close to paying off this salary for you. Not even factoring touchdown upside, not even factoring the chance that he could have 12 to 15 carries on the ground as an underdog. So Duke Johnson and Mike Davis will get those out of the way because if David Johnson is out, just put Duke Johnson in your cash lineup. If Christian McCaffrey is out, just put Mike Davis in your cash lineup and start from there. So now we get to some actually expensive guys, Kamara out, Aaron Jones, these types of guys. The fact that you can just play whatever cheap running backs you want allows you to get and unlock any wide receiver, unlock these top, top end guys as well. So Kamara's fine for me. We saw that this Packers team just decimated a San Francisco 49ers team that is nowhere near the same. They're nine and a half point favorites. You know what you can do with Kamara. He's averaging 0.72 fantasy points per touch this season. He's seeing nine targets per game. Expect that to come down, but in a game last week where Mike Thomas returns, it's really difficult to actually actually see how much it's going to come down. I suspect he won't keep seeing a 30 plus percent target share. I suspect he won't keep seeing this many red zone opportunities and receptions per game, but I still think that it's 21 total opportunities per game. Even if it goes down to 18, he's clearly and obviously in play. The guy that I like a lot, especially because you continue to get the save salary is Aaron Jones. Now, if you're not playing a Packers stack, I probably don't stack Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones. You can, if you want to, right? He's still involved in the passing game a good amount. Last week, having five receptions on five targets, running 16 routes. But I don't think we need to do it. If Alan Lazard does come back, there's a pretty clear and obvious stack with more correlation with Lazard and Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. But Jones at 7,100, 14 point favorite, highest team total on the slate. Everything checks out. Oh, he's going to be injured. He might be in an emergency back. I didn't know if he was going to be an emergency back on Thursday night versus the 49ers or get a full workload. Well, he got a full workload, 66% of the snaps, which tied his second most on the season. He had 20 overall touches on the game for 79 yards and 13 fantasy points. Aaron Jones, I like a lot in this spot. I mean, he's basically, I've said it all year. He's basically like the light version of Alvin Kamara. And honestly, he might be just as equal as him, seeing just as many opportunities, 20.5 per game to Kamara's 21 per game, seeing just as good of an offensive line that he's running behind, a lot of red zone chances, $7,100. Aaron Jones looks 
very, very good. Next up on the opposite side of this game is James Robinson. And honestly, you could probably find some wide receivers that we'll get to in a second. But Robinson is only probably in play and he's a yes for me because he's just getting so much volume. Even if they get down two touchdowns, I still feel confident in Robinson getting like 16 to 18 touches. I mean, last week they were trailing in that game. He sees 78% of the snaps. He sees 25 touches, six red zone touches, finds the end zone, running back five last week with 16 fantasy points. I mean, this guy has been a top 10 running back three weeks in a row and five weeks so far this season as an undrafted free agent. Now putting him as a yes is maybe a bit aggressive because I probably only really get to him in Packers runback options. And the one major concern would be that Luton last week, the new starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's expected to start again this week, only targeted him twice. And it was the first week this season that James Robinson did not have a reception. And other than week one, where he only had one reception, Robinson has had at least three receptions in every other game. So that would be a concern here as a big underdog. Now he only ran 12 routes in this game, which is the second lowest since week one. So maybe it's just a factor of a fluky outlier, or maybe it actually matters because of who the quarterback was in this game. So that could be a little bit of a concern. So maybe that we actually put James Robinson to a maybe here because I like him primarily and run back options with the Green Bay Packers. Now, Josh Jacobs projects out for around 17 fantasy points for me. And yeah, Devontae Booker was involved and Devontae Booker looked good in that game. Had a big touchdown run recently. So those are concerns. Gets a tough matchup against Denver here, but you're still getting the touches for Josh Jacobs. Now he only had last week about 15 total touches. And that's somewhat concerning because down the stretch, they were in a situation where they could run a little bit more. So that is a concern. You saw the 31 touches the week before that though. So Josh Jacobs at 6,500. If indeed Devontae Booker is going to be more involved and he's been more efficient this season, that's a little bit of a scare for you. If it happens another week in a row, I might have to get away from it. But we are literally one week removed from 31 touches. And now they're a touchdown favor in this one, which is one they just want to hand the ball off 25 times to Josh Jacobs. I am concerned that there's still no passing game role. He's only running basically like 13 routes a week right now. But with almost 29 implied points and a touchdown favorite, I'm not yet going to jump on the full on bandwagon. There's a little bit of caution here, but not yet jumping on that Devontae Booker is going to be taking away a large chunk of this workload. Like I think Josh Jacobs more times than not sees 18 to 20 plus touches in this game if they are indeed ahead by a touchdown or more. Keep a close eye on Chris Carson if he does indeed return. They need this right now. They need to just keep their defense off the field and just put together not these quick and efficient drives that Russ can, but actually put together drives that actually milk the clock, keep their defense off the field. Chris Carson can do that. He's been fantastic when healthy this year. He just hasn't been healthy. He's averaging 0.94 fantasy points per touch, which is actually higher than Aaron Jones and close to Alvin Kamara this year when he's healthy and gets the ball. I mean, in every single game that he started this year, he scored 25, 20, 11, 25, and 20 fantasy points. Those are his only healthy games so far this year. The week against Dallas where he scores 11, he ends up running 25 routes in that game as well. And he ends up picking up 76 total yards, just didn't find the end zone, but it was still a very heavily used performance from him. And so far this season, these are his target shares or his targets in games when he's healthy. Six, three, three, four, and seven. So that's fantastic to see. Chris Carson is a very strong yes for me and a nice way to leverage off of that game. If you run a Jared Goff stack and want to run it back with Chris Carson, maybe one of the wide receivers or just Chris Carson, it's a nice way to leverage off of probably some chalky wide receivers. My final yes at the running back position is going to be DeAndre Swift. We continue to see him being in these situations where he's not getting a lot of work. Now, DeAndre Swift at 5,100 would be the ultimate leverage off of Duke Johnson if David Johnson was out. You probably don't need to do it though, especially in cash, but DeAndre Swift is going to be in play for me and somebody that I like to look at. We're still waiting on the total for this game. Now, he only played 42% of the snaps in the last game, but he saw another two red zone touches. He's getting this red zone work definitely over carry on Johnson and Adrian Peterson. And he goes for 97 total yards, sees another five targets. He saw 18 opportunities. Those 18 opportunities tied a season and also a career high from week six. It's kind of up and down at this point, but that's why he's kind of a GPP only play for me. Other considerations that we can get more into on Friday, or we can get the projections, ownership rankings on Patreon below. James Conner, Miles Sanders follow his injury status. JD McKissick coming off a nine catch, 14 target game out of the backfield. Finished as a top five running back last week with Alex. Smith. Alex Smith likely to start again. I expect even more targets and checkdowns to McKissick, who by far is running more routes than his rookie running mate, Antonio Gibson. And then Joe Mixon, not a great matchup, but seeing over 24 opportunities per game this year, even though it's Pittsburgh, brutal spot, like I said, huge underdog. If you're going to get that many opportunities and likely low ownership, you'll be in play for me. So that's where we're at with running back. Let's go
go over to wide receiver where I'm actually kind of excited to talk about some of these cheaper end wide receivers that I think have a lot of upside, especially in game stack situations. Now you can see on my screen, a bunch of yeses for the wide receiver position. Of course, there's going to be a bunch of yeses. My early inches so far contain about 37 guys because I'm going to stack like seven or eight quarterbacks, maybe even up to 10 with like some 1% spots. So there's going to be a lot of wide receivers that are in play for me. And there's a lot of great wide receivers this week, especially in the cheaper ranges on the slate. And basically the entire slate at wide receiver is open because of what we might get at value at running back, fingers crossed with Duke Johnson and Mike Davis. So you can go all the way up to Devonta Adams and feel good in stacks or cash, or you can continue to load up some value in the mid and low range at wide receiver and pay up at other positions or also pay up and pay down at the wide receiver spot. So right now for looking at Devonta Adams, clear yes, don't have to talk much here. This guy's averaging 30 fantasy points per game right now in DraftKings. He is the Christian McCaffrey of last year. And if McCaffrey is indeed out, there's not much opportunity cost, right? Like last week, Devonta Adams was on the Thursday slate, but if he was on the Sunday slate, playing Devonta Adams doesn't let you or makes it more difficult to play Dalvin Cook or McCaffrey, guys that you know more times than not also have that ability to top 30 or 40 fantasy points. Well, this week, McCaffrey is going to lean towards doubtful or highly questionable, and there's no Dalvin Cook on the slate. There's no other strongly consistent player, so there's not as much opportunity cost if you don't play him. 14 point favorite, 11 and a half targets per game, 113 yards per game. All of those lead the NFL at this point. His target share also leads the NFL. His 13 red zone targets also leads the NFL. Devontae Adams in a week where you might have some value running backs seems like a pretty clear and obvious cash play if indeed you get Mike Davis and Duke Johnson to open up. We touched on Hopkins. He's your clear option in these stacks with Kyler Murray. He really did have seven targets last week, in my opinion. They just don't count any types of pass interferences as targets in the box score. So I don't get too worried about that. Might see some Tredavious White, but like Adams, like Keenan Allen below him, these are the types of guys that I don't think are guardable in the NFL, even by Tredavious White. So I'm not, I'm fine getting to Hopkins. And even, even the bad performance last week, quote unquote bad, even though in real life, drawing four pass interference penalties is very good for your team. It might keep some people off of him. Keenan Allen's price point comes up again, but only $100, even though this guy continues to be heavily, heavily involved. Keenan Allen is the Devontae Adams of the Los Angeles Chargers for Justin Herbert. Herbert just doesn't stare him down because then you get some picks and incompletions, but he loves to use Keenan Allen. They use him in the slot a ton. Keenan Allen so far this season has been using the slot 44% of the time. He's currently fourth in the NFL with a 30 0.2 target share in the season and he's fourth in targets with 75 at 10.7 per game and that's including coming out in the first quarter of one of these games where he had a touchdown and two targets I believe on a Thursday night football game so Keenan Allen strongly in play Herbert stacks will likely be lower owned especially because their team total is only 22.75 at this point they are underdogs in this one Keenan Allen has seen 10 plus targets every single game if you take out the week that he got hurt in week five against the Saints 10 plus targets in every game since week one and he's seen so far at least 11 plus targets in every single game since week three I mean this guy you can just book down right now for 10 targets. With his catch rate, you're going to probably get around seven receptions. With his average depth of target, you're probably going to get 70 plus yards. And then it comes down to the touchdown if he scores 20 fantasy points or not in some weeks. So Keenan Allen clearly in play. Both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going to be in play for me. I mean, it's just Seattle Seahawks, right? This is what you want to do. You want to target the Seattle Seahawks. You have Cooper Cup actually running more routes as of late as this team starts to trail. They're slight favorites in this one. But Seattle being the number one run defense likely stops this Daryl Henderson and whoever else you're going to get. Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers rushing attack. I like Cooper Cup, who's slowly starting to come on at an insane 21 target game before the bye week just absolutely nuts puts him into a category now of 10.8 targets per game but highly skewed from one game's performance so i'm fine getting the cooper cup here i do prefer him over robert woods for 300 more i like the way they use him in the slot more i like the way that he's actually utilized in the red zone more than robert woods woods has that rushing upside though two rushing touchdowns this year and getting all of his touchdown regression this year that he hasn't had in his entire career both are in play if you're stacking jared goff i would stack both of those guys because they're not that expensive and i think a sneaky way to run it back is with chris carson if you didn't want to go to the one under the receivers Obviously, you can go to Lockett if you want to. Metcalf might be a little bit expensive. The average depth of target because of the 14 targets, and also I think there was three or five targets to Antonio Gibson, but 14 targets to J.D. McKissick, the average depth of target for Alex Smith was brutal, but still somehow Terry McLaurin, who may no longer be the poor man's Allen Robinson, but the rich man's Allen Robinson. Maybe he's better than Allen Robinson at this point. Who knows? Because yet again, seven catches on 
eight targets, 115 yards, and he was the wide receiver 10 last week at 24 and a half fantasy points. These are his target shares with a bunch of different quarterbacks this year over the last couple of weeks. 8, 11, 12, 7, 14, 8, 10, 7. That's dating back the entire season at this point. You're getting a ton of targets per game for McLaurin, 9.6 per game. You're getting a 45% air yard market share of his team's overall air yards this year. That leads the entire NFL. But this would be my one concern with Alex Smith, that he doesn't throw it that deep, right? These are the air yards that you're seeing from Terry McLaurin up until last week, right? So since week two, 117, 91, 135, 97, 116, 112. Last week, 50. 50. So for him to go over 115 yards, he did a lot of it after the catch. That is in his arsenal. That's definitely possible. But you would like to see those air yards to make it easier to see a deeper touchdown. So McLaurin's in play for me, but if he becomes chalky, I can probably get away from it. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks are both yeses for me. They're in the obvious stacks. Six straight games with a touchdown for Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks also scoring another touchdown. Does not see the same volume in terms of the reception department, but Brandon Cooks is still heavily, heavily in play since he goes for a goose egg and a zero when it seemed like he was the most chalky that he's ever been. Since then, you have him at 30 fantasy points, 22, 13, and 17 on the year. And these have been his targets overall. 12, 9, 9, and 9. I think Brandon Cooks is the number one wide receiver on this team. Obviously, I love Will Fuller. He's definitely the most explosive and most downfield threat. But if you're talking about consistency from a target share standpoint, even in a tough matchup against CJ Henderson last week, he still puts up 17 fantasy points on nine targets. Will Fuller's also seeing targets, but not to the same consistency that you're seeing for Brandon Cooks. Again, Brandon Cooks, 12, 9, 9, and 9 targets the last month of the season. Will Fuller has been at 8, 11, 6, and 5. So a little bit less consistent for Will Fuller. Both of them are strongly in play for me. Tyler Lockett, obvious play. So is DK Metcalf. I prefer Lockett for the cheaper price point. Metcalf continues to be expensive, but continues to also produce in a more consistent manner. Travis Fulgham is back on the slate. And for some reason, he's just not expensive. Like he's had this matchup against the Giants before. I think this time he'll get Bradbury. Bradbury was cooked by Mike Evans, who has not been good this year by like Jarek Mickens or whoever his first name is, Mickens from Tampa Bay, like a wide receiver five, cooked him twice. Two times he had to be pass interfered with against Mickens. Let's not forget how good Fulgham has been so far this season. His air yards are off the chart. He has a hundred plus air yards in three out of his last four games. He's finished with 31, 20, 12, and 20 fantasy points in his last four games before the bye week. At 6,400, I think he'll be somebody who gets lost in a lot of these game stacks, but he's a nice one-off option. Robbie Anderson looks very good for me. If I go to my wide receivers right now, Robbie Anderson, I believe point per dollar wise is currently, yeah, my sixth overall point per dollar play. So I like Robbie Anderson and the most out of all those Carolina guys in any Tampa Bay runbacks or just as a one-off. Jarvis Landry looks very good. No Odell yet again. Before the break, Jarvis Landry had a ton of targets in a game that was very windy though. So be sure to keep that in mind. Maybe now with not as much win in the forecast, they look more downfield to Peoples Jones and Rashad Higgins, but he did see 11 targets, only brought in four of them. Should have had a touchdown though. So keep in mind, he scores nine fantasy points. He could have easily had around 16, 17. He had a touchdown that was very close to being reviewed. They said that he didn't catch it. It was one of those where the ball hits the ground kind of somewhat while you're falling to the ground. But 11 targets was good to see. And he's going to have a fine matchup this week. I haven't projected for over 15 fantasy points. Chase Claypool, top five over overall point per dollar value in my projections right now. Chase Claypool over 16 fantasy points I haven't projected for. Nobody on Cincinnati is going to be able to handle this guy. I think that right now, I love Deontay Johnson, but I think that Chase Claypool is the number one wide receiver on this team. And it's not even just recency bias. It's the way if you watch these games that they use him in the red zone, that they use him downfield, not just as a chains mover, but all the way downfield. He's coming off of a 133 air yard game. He put up 13 targets. So you're actually seeing the consistency now in the target share. He had that 11 target for a touchdown game. Then it went to just four targets and one target, right? Guys got back from injury, Deontay Johnson. They started using James Washington more. And then he breaks out again in week eight with nine targets, 13 targets last week. I think that you're going to see this consistent target share continue for maybe a very long time in Pittsburgh for him. Chase Claypool for me is a top five point per dollar bang for your buck wide receiver play this week. Deontay Johnson looks just as good from a cash game perspective. Like Deontay Johnson is also a top 10 value play for me. I don't want to snack this team all that much. Big Ben, keep an eye on him. He doesn't have COVID. He has not yet tested positive, but he was a close contact to Vance McDonald. So he's on the list, but he should play very similar to what we got in a Matt Stafford last week. So Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, I would rank it Chase Claypool, Deontay, pretty clearly 
clearly the two obvious guys and pretty much further, a lot further down that list would be Juju. Jerry Judy is in play for me. One of our other sponsors, not for this show, but just in general, Superdraft. He has a 1.7x multiplier there. Looks very good. Sterling Shepard remains in play, but here's some cheaper guys that I really do like. And you can see them towards the bottom. I'll scroll down so you can see them. Uh, one of them's highlighted in yellow because he might be injured. He's coming back. But Alan Lazard, talked about him for the Packers stacks. Alan Lazard has been practicing now for two weeks. They said he could have played last week if they needed him, but they were facing on a Thursday night, the 49ers B squad, and they figured they didn't need him. And by no means did they need him. He actually got MVS on two targets, scoring two touchdowns. But now Alan Lazard is expected back and DraftKings messed up this pricing. Just $4,000 for a wide receiver who is clicking with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers really likes him the way that he talks about him in the media. And Aaron Rodgers was just on Pat McAfee as he always is on Tuesday and said that I strongly believe in trust with your teammates and not just on offense, but your overall team just for your teammates. And that's what he said. He was talking about COVID and how not being able to hang out with them as much or talk to them as frequently or easily does affect your team chemistry. But he's staying and hypes up Alan Lazard left and right whenever he has the chance. Alan Lazard, before he got hurt, finishes the wide receiver six in week three. He had 106 air yards. He finished with eight, six catches, a touchdown and 146 yards. And in three games this year, 18.2, seven and a half and 26.4 fantasy points. Those are very good numbers. In the game against Detroit, where only scored seven and a half, they were blowing them out. They just ran the ball the whole like third and fourth quarter. They just really stopped throwing the ball. So if you're going to tell me that right now, I've been projected for almost 12 fantasy points at $4,000 flat and he unlocks some stacks or just a really nice one-off, a cash option. I like Alan Lazard a lot at $4,000. And now the final guys, I just switched some stuff up on here. Two guys from Jacksonville on the opposite side of this Packer games as either one-off options or just pretty strong options. Now I'm being aggressive right now, putting one of them, Chris Conley is a yes, but just keep in mind that we're waiting on LaVisca Chenault's injury. Now, Chris Conley last week had 29 routes run and you had LaVisca Chenault get hurt early on. So on 29 routes, he had seven catches, 52 yards, a red zone look on eight targets, 12.2 fantasy points. He's the flat minimum at $3,000 this week. If there's no LaVisca Chenault, I expect 30 plus routes run out of this week, maybe even 40 routes run or close to it if they're going to be big underdogs for Chris Conley. But also $3,400 Keelan Cole, who only saw two targets last week, ran 37 rounds. So he was used more last week in terms of routes run. He's going to be used all over the field. Both these guys are in play for me. If they don't both pick up a lot of ownership, if there's no LaVisca Chenault, I'd probably go Conley because Luton was targeting the outside of the field, DJ Shark, Chris Conley, a ton compared to the inside of the field, the tight ends and Tyler Eifert, and also Keelan Cole. But these guys are going to be pretty sneaky. I like Alan Lazard. I like Chris Conley. I even like Keelan Cole to an extent. I think you're going to find a lot of upside in these cheap price tags for these wide receivers this week. Now, if you're listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, there's a long list of guys I also have interest in. But to make sure that this show doesn't run on for hours, I'm not going to go over the other wide receivers that I like. But if you want to come over to the YouTube show, you can see the guys that I have marked up or over on Patreon, the guys that I have listed as a B or a B plus that I did not mention because there is a lot of great wide receivers this week. A lot of them are just going to fill out my stacks like DJ Shark, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, T Higgins. These guys, Devontae Parker, we have interest in all these guys. Randall Cobb to an extent. Josh Reynolds is a nice cheap option from the Rams to fill out any of those team or game stacks. But with all that said, we now move over to the tight end position. Please do like the video, hit the big old subscribe button, and also check out Patreon for all of the exclusive stuff because the more informed you are, the better you're going to have a chance of winning. If you're not going to be using ownership projections, rankings, projections, you have a chance to win, but far less than the people that do use it. So you're not completely dead money, but you're pretty close to dead money if you're facing like the 500 plus patrons and all the other people who have access to ownership rankings and all these other types of stuff. Because I mean, just think about it like it's a battle. These people have more information on you. They are a leg up on you. If they're on the high ground in a war in a battle and they're just shooting down on you and you don't know where it's coming from and you don't have the ability to get up to high ground and you're just in this valley, you're done. You're a sitting duck. You can obviously still have a chance to get out of that situation and be unscathed, but the chances are very limited. So why not increase your chances? Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Betri underscore to check out all that I have to offer. At end position this week, Darren Waller continues to highlight it and there's no tight ends above $6,000 since you're going to have George Kittle, the only one there, but he will not be playing. $5,900 Darren Waller. He broke the record last week for tight ends to have consistently five or more catches in a game. He broke it on five catches on 10 targets. The third time this year, he's seen double digit targets, three red zone looks, caught the touchdown, finishes the tight end six. So he just 
just been very consistent this year, right? Only two times this year has he not scored over 13 fantasy points. And for this game, I haven't projected over 14. Looks good. Noah Fant is somebody who looks very good to me as well. I think he's going to pick up ownership at just $4,900. He's slowly coming on. He's slowly getting over this injury that he had about two weeks ago. And now Albert O, who has been seeing red zone targets from his former college teammate, Drew Locke, is going to be out for the year. Noah Fant only had three targets last week because he got banged up in the first half, came back in the second half, three targets, three catches, 45 yards. So just keep an eye to make sure that he's healthy, but I'll have interest there. Evan Ingram, I might even like a little bit more for a cheaper price point. Evan Ingram's coming on. Daniel Jones is starting to get some time to throw the ball. Now he has a matchup against Philly, which is going to be tough from a pass rush perspective. But Evan Ingram, if you're going to tell me that this is the usage for a guy over his last three games, nine targets, 10 targets, 10 catches. Fantasy points in those games, 11, 12. In this past week, he was our that one dude. Be sure to check into Saturday's that one dude video, the tight end three with 48 yards and a touchdown, 15.8 fantasy points. I like me some Evan Ingram. I like me the tight end on the other side of this game, Dallas Goddard, who it's really hard to judge him from his one game back because although he played 89% of the snaps, he only ran 20 routes. We're used to Goddard running a ton of routes, right? Week one, 31. Week two, 36. So his 20 routes are definitely going to come up. It seemed like he was limited. Only saw one target for 15 yards. If indeed he starts to get back towards his 35 targets, start to expect like week one, nine targets and week two, eight targets, a lot more targets for this guy. And then my final yes on the day is going to be Austin Hooper, who also returns. So keep in mind, Harrison Bryant does not stay in play. David Njoku does not stay in play because Austin Hooper is now back for the Browns. Austin Hooper, before his injury, was really starting to pile it on. Seven targets, 10 targets, and six targets, and 10 plus fantasy points in all three of those games. Now he returns in this week 10 matchup. I like it a lot. Other tight ends I have interest in, Hawkinson, Gusecki, Hunter Henry, we continue to like. Look, Hunter Henry continues to let a lot of people down, but he's not playing terribly. He's getting all the volume. He's just not bringing in that extra catch or not bringing in that red zone target because it's going to Virgil Green or Donald Parham. Yes, I know we want more out of Hunter Henry, but these are his finishes, right? Seven fantasy points, seven fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. He's one reception away from those nine and a half fantasy points that I project him for, so he stays in play. Tyler Higby, I honestly don't like, but he's 3,700 in one of the best, if not the best game environments on the weekend. He doesn't run a ton of routes, but again, he's a cheap tight end. Logan Thomas with a quarterback that's not going to throw it that far downfield, it seems, makes it a little bit sketchier, but he's only $3,300. Nice multiplier in Superdraft. Logan Thomas in his first game with Alex Smith did see six targets, caught three balls for 28 yards. No red zone looks though, but we'll keep a close eye on that. It's difficult to find a tight end to punt this week. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert at $2,700. Last week with Luton, you had a lot of the overall targets go to the outside like we talked about with Chris Conley, with DJ Shark. You did not have a lot of them going to the middle of the field, but Tyler Eifert in his return actually had some usage and Luton looked his way. He ended up seeing five targets, four catches for 48 yards on 21 routes run. That's 8.8 fantasy points. If you get another eight or even seven fantasy points at $2,700, you take it. So Tyler Eifert, I don't have him starred right now. There we go. We start Tyler Eifert as an interest and that's going to be the show. That's going to be the best picks right now. We come back tomorrow with showdown picks for Thursday. We come back Friday with the closing thoughts and that one dude video on Saturday, Sunday live stream. A bunch of stuff going on on Patreon. Again, be sure to check out Patreon. Be sure to check out Monkey Knife Fight, promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I. If you made it all the way through this video, go ahead and support them. Take a couple seconds of your time to sign up over there because it is a ton, a ton, a ton of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the video. Like and subscribe before you go. And if you leave that review over on the podcast, a chance to win 50, $50 Ruskies. The podcast is the Sal Vetri show on, on Stitcher, on iTunes, wherever you might be listening to your podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. And I will see you in the next one.